0: Welcome to the BookNet Canada podcast. I'm Ainsley Sparks, and I'll be your host for this month's episode. In March 2017 in Toronto, BookNet Canada ran its yearly Tech Forum conference, which focuses on digital developments in the book publishing industry. As the largest tech-focused book publishing event in Canada, Tech Forum provides hundreds of industry professionals a chance to discuss new research, strategies, and advancements in the book industries to help publishers and booksellers better reach their readers or in this case, listeners. As part of this conference, we invited a panel of industry professionals to talk about the current audiobook landscape. There has lately been a huge surge in demand for audiobooks. This spike has largely been driven by the digital disruption that not only changes how listeners discover audiobooks, but also how they listen to, create, and purchase them. Our panel talks about current trends and future opportunities. A quick note, We've removed the presentation by BookNet Canada's president and CEO, Noah Genner, that he delivered at the beginning of this panel. It relied heavily on the slide visuals and didn't translate into the podcast format. You can watch the video of the panel or his, see his slide deck for the stats he provides about audiobook listeners from our consumer research studies. Find the links to those resources in the description of the podcast. And now I'll turn it over to our panel's moderator, David Karen, co-publisher and president of ECW Press.
1: I'm David Caron. Uh, I'm the co-publisher at ECW Press, uh, based here in Toronto, which a lot of you, I think, are here from the GTA. Um, We started uh, doing audiobooks about a year ago, which is why they just said, hey, why don't you moderate this panel? Um, And we've got a great uh, panel up here uh, to talk about audiobooks. What we're going to do is we're going to spend a little bit of time introducing you to each of these fabulous people Uh, And they're going to talk a little bit about what it is that they're doing and and why they're here on the stage. Uh, Then we're going to launch into some discussions uh, around what's going on with audiobooks uh, right now. Um, And then we're going to go out to you guys and and ask you for some questions. So uh, Cameron Drew uh, from uh, BookTrack. Cameron has uh, always been at the forefront of what's cool and up and coming, and he still is. Uh, he's a 14-year veteran in the online retail and tech startup side of uh, book publishing. Uh, spent six years in global online physical retail fulfillment. I know that's a that's big a good one. mouthful. There you yeah. go. I... Five years in the dragon tail days of Kobo. A bittersweet year with Shelfie, and then most recently two years at Booktrack, uh, helping build the catalog in eBooks and audiobooks. Right. Uh, so Booktrack is moving deeper into audiobooks now. Uh, And you're fresh from uh, talking with people at that London Book Fair. So tell us about what you've got coming up.
2: Right. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Hello, everyone. Um, So, uh, yeah, I started with BookTrack just a couple years ago. Um, Our initial uh, mission was to find uh, really great stories that we could soundtrack uh, um, with music and sound effects. It's something that... uh, (laughs) We specialize in sort of in that journey uh, of uh, looking to sort of pair reading experiences with uh, uh, listening experiences. uh, We realized that maybe uh, um, there was another opportunity, and and certainly all of the uh, partners and publishing partners that we'd been speaking to had suggested that you know that's cool, but have you uh, thought about the audiobook space? And so uh, we looked at that really seriously last year, and. Um, you know, as you do when you're a startup, uh, you pivot often, and, and, and many times what you do is you sh- you, kind of follow, uh, you follow where the trade winds uh, take you, and so uh, we find ourselves um, in the audiobook space, and it's a really exciting time to, uh, to be here, though it's been around for so long, and I actually, you know, I used to sell audiobooks to Nathan uh, back in my... My Mandate days, and I even had met uh, uh, Ian back when uh, uh, you know you weren't simply audio back. It was no. like the physical product, but uh, uh, audio and digital is uh, is uh, is happening, and it's happening. It's a really big deal in the US, and it's a really big deal in the UK and other uh, um, other markets, uh, other languages. Um, and so, uh, you know, what I'm doing is quite similar. Is is just, but looking to um, add in. Um, uh, powerful sound experiences into uh, um, what's already a listening experience. Uh, I think cool. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Ashley Gardner, uh, you may know her uh, from when she was at Dundurn as manager of digital development. You may know her from her days at Kobo, uh as director of content management, and you may also know her now as the head of partnerships for Wattpad Studios. Um, where she's uh, helps manage the Wattpad Stars program, which was launched a couple years ago. Um, the program helps Wattpad writers take their skills to the next level and give publishing and brand partners an opportunity to tap into an international roster of digital influencers. Um, Wattpad recently announced a partnership with Hachette Audio, uh, which is really great, uh, working with uh, Anthony Goff, who's a really great and generous uh, uh, guy in the audiobook world. So tell us a, a more about what you uh, sort of see for Wattpad and Hachette.
3: Yeah, so audiobooks are pretty new for us. It's kind of a new space for uh, us to be doing, doing work in audiobooks. I'm, I'm really glad that that announcement did come out last week because I was worried that it might get delayed to pass this. I'm having very little to talk about. Um, But uh, I think the reason that we started looking at that space is something that we should do more in was, first of all, where we were seeing a lot of indicators from our users, you know, the whole audiobook space has been blowing up. And a lot of that has been due to mobile usage. The fact that people can listen through through different apps, through their phone, on the go, um, that's you know very complementary to what we see our users do. We were also seeing a lot of people making their own audiobooks on Wattpad and uploading them to places like SoundCloud, like YouTube. We are a user-generated platform and that made our users want to go to other similar places. Uh, we've done some audiobook experiments in the past, notably um, SoundCloud, that's also a sister company under Union Square Ventures, which is one of our funders. Um, they had launched an API, and we were playing with letting our users bring in different soundtracks, including so many of the great songs from their libraries. And you know, our users, being young, being interested in multimedia, really were excited by this early on. So... Um, we're really excited about this new partnership as a way to bring more Wattpad stories to a more um, traditional audiobook reader, and to really test out not just with audiobooks, but what are the other places that we can try to take Wattpad stories to. You know, with Wattpad stories being serialized, it seems like a natural fit for scripted podcasts as well. So we're exploring all of that uh, with Hachette, and we're really excited to see what happens this year.
1: Great. I want to yeah, we'll come back to that, because the original audio is really cool. Uh, yeah, we should come back to you later on. Uh, so Ruth Linka uh, is one of the most uh, versatile people in publishing I know. Uh, she is currently associate publisher at uh, Orca Book Publishers. Uh, she began her career in publishing at, at Coteau Books in uh, Regina, worked for Raincoast Books as the production manager and associate art director, then New West Press in Edmonton as the general manager, uh, and then Touchwood Editions is the publisher. And in the meantime, she uh, co-founded Brindle and, uh, Glass in 2001, which was awarded Emerging Publisher of the Year at the 2003 Alberta Book Awards. Uh, and she serves for the AMBP, BC, and Victoria Book Prize Society, lots of stuff. Um, so at ORCA, uh, you guys have uh, been at the forefront of, of, um, of promoting literacy, creating books uh, with that in mind. And you're doing that now with enhanced... Uh, ebooks and enhanced with audio. Can you tell us more about what you're doing in the audiobook world at Orca?
4: So we've been doing audiobooks for quite a while um, in a more traditional sense and uh, in the fall we started doing what we call read-alongs, where the word lights up as the voice speaks it, so you create the audio and then it's married together with the EPUB file, so it's, it's technically an ebook, um, And uh, we're seeing a lot of success with that. Pretty specific, of course, to the kids' market. Well, perhaps not, but it, for us, we're just doing it with picture books at the moment. Um, we do have regular audio for um, our YA and our other um,
1: literacy readers for young readers. Great. Um, Ian Small uh, has spent the last five years focusing his skills in strategy and analytics towards guiding the successful launch and growth of Audiobooks.com, uh, a subscription style audiobook uh, service app that's in 150 countries now. Um, and he began his career with Simply Audiobooks, the market leader for the online audiobook CD rental, uh, and has 10 years of leadership experience in the audiobook industry. Um, and Audiobooks.com just recently uh, underwent a, a Reorg basically splitting itself. The, the novel audio became its own company, and audiobooks.com became part of recorded books. Um, can you tell us a bit more about sort of what your what the strategy for audiobooks.com is going forward the next year?
5: Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, and thank you for that. So for so as um, as mentioned, it's uh, I've been in in audiobooks for the past ten years, um, and the digital space specifically focused for eight of those ten years. And what we've been doing at audiobooks.com has been trying to carve our own path against a. You know, giant market leader, um, with, with, what, what, with what we feel is a nice blend of, of technology and, and as well as a strong content offering. And so through that lately over the past couple of years, we experimented with some of our own publishing, uh, in-house, which was, which was audiobooks.com publishing and, and Hubble Audio and, and really taking a look at what, um, what was out there in terms of the publishing space because we we've seen such growth in, in the market over the past Five six five six years, and then with that, um, it became it became apparent that that publishing and, and, and content was so paramount to the business. Uh, so we've we joined in with the with the Recorded Books family, which is the largest uh, audio publisher in the world, and so we're quite excited about the, that in the future. There's a more formal announcement coming uh, coming just in a few weeks in in, in early April. Um, so, but uh, between technology, uh, excellent content um we're 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 pretty excited about what
1: uh what, what 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 the future holds that's great um we've got a great panel of canadians that are are in an industry the audiobook industry that's been primarily dominated by the folks in the US so it's great to see just great people working there um it's interesting cuz you know when you hear that at TPL audiobook listening is up big time as you said I was curious as to what the actual number is and and uh and try to see this the stats coming out of the states uh the latest figure from the APA was a 34% uh, growth in audiobook sales, APA being the Audio Publishers Association in the States. Uh, the Association of American Publishers uh, in their last report said that it was a 30% growth in audiobook sales over the first three quarters of 2016. Um, and you know, there's been lots of things happening in the States, and we seem to be poised to have lots of things happening here in Canada. Um, PRH Canada uh, just recently announced that they're going to start publishing audiobooks. Marion Garner is going to head up that program. Um, uh, Braden Wright could be up here talking about the work that Actors has been doing to try and, and galvanize its, mem- its membership and, and train people in terms of doing audiobooks as narrators. Uh, Audible could be talking about you know, its plans that it's been formulating in terms of uh, Canada. Uh, and Martha Sharp has been involved with them this year about that. Um, Kobo could be up here maybe. We'll, you know, like it just seems like we're just kind of on a cusp of things here and, and maybe there's something that, you know, that uh people in this room could be involved in. And I just want to throw that first question out to the panel, but you know, really uh what do you think people in this room need to do with regards to audiobooks to to put us over the edge into this kind of growth? And, I'll look at Ian first. Yeah, maybe talk about. That.
5: <laughs> well, I guess so. I guess I'll go to one of the points: uh, the age demographic for for what we're seeing and trends for audiobooks. So, for audiobooks.com, ninety percent of our business is done in the United States, but we do have a do have a focus in uh, in Canada as well. So we do monitor similar data, and what we we are seeing similar shifts as well. So. And if 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 I compare this back to simply audiobooks days and the age demographic for um, for a physical CD audiobook CD consumer, it's 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 much different. So it's it's obviously an older demographic, but for podcasts, paving the way for spoken word being a form acceptable form of entertainment, that's really helped expand the demographic. And so when we when you're thinking of 24 years old to be to be an average audio book consumer, um, and, and up to 35. It doesn't end there though. It, it does branch out, and, and so it's going to be content specific and things of that nature. So, um, it's it's the net that we can cast is now wider. I don't think it has to be specific to markets. Some Canadian content as a retailer would definitely help us. Some more Canadian content being cre- created that is unique to Canadians, um, that would definitely help. So, but just when thinking of the consumer. Um, there's, there's, there's again. It's it's a wide net that we can now cast with obviously you know podcast helping the technology as as you alluded to there too. Um, connected cars for us is a, is a next is is the next movement for us that we are that we're really excited about. So,
1: and it's interesting this, this concept of podcasts. You know, really when you think about it, it, it you can see it just as you know audio original audiobooks you know, we mm-hmm. call podcast podcast, but it could be seen as that. And and do you see do you see like a, a greater growth in one area? Like original audio or podcast versus adapted audio, if you want to call it that.
5: So, no, I mean, so I guess, I guess the area that we see the, the see growth in unabridged content versus abridged content. I mean, that's that's an area in which abridged is is almost like uh, it's almost taboo now, even to even to mention that. So, probably an area of growth. To play devil's advocate against the podcast, though, that is setting. An unrealistic expectation in terms of price point for a consumer as <laughs> right. well, uh, because most people don't pay for podcasts and audiobooks are a little more expensive than free. Uh, as much, you know, production costs have gone down over time, so and, and I think that is going to be, you know, that that you know that's going to help with things. Um, to you know, to talk about another individual on the panel, Cameron's company for for, for Booktrack, what they're doing for not like a premium audiobook experience, um, it's it's phenomenal. So if you haven't tried a Booktrack. Title. Try it if if you had Even if you listen to an audiobook and you didn't enjoy it, give it a go because it's a very cinematic experience. It's, it's cool. So sorry that
2: segue, no, segue sorry. <laughs> over yeah, there. Exactly. Segue <laughs> <laughs> over to me. Uh... You know, actually, it would be kind of interesting to hear also, I was thinking about you, because you guys are up to some interesting stuff as well, and I know that you're the moderator, but I mean, I guess the question is that as an industry, you know, as all of us kind of uh, being here in Canada is how do we get the Cana- our Canadian voices and the stories that we're trying to tell uh, heard? heard? Not just here, but, you know, uh, the great promise of digital is that we can broadcast out to uh, the greater world, and so um, I guess, you know, uh, you know what I my one of the things I was trying to get a, a read on while here was like well what's happening in the space here and I think from you know there was a, a whole thing in London uh, last December Future Book decided to do a, a, a track specifically on audiobooks and they had publishers from different markets around Europe come and speak and they had their sort of particularly sort of unique. Uh, um, you know, British perspective and UK-based publishers, and then you know there was also something just recently at DVW, not specifically on audiobooks, but there were a bunch of audiobook-related uh, uh, panels. It just, I, you know, having kind of come up through the crazy days of of ebooks and digital, just feels like there's this huge opportunity in front of us to, um, you know, really get our stories. Uh, um, out and share them uh, um, with the world. So you know, I think whatever we can do to um, you know, double down on that I think will you know, serve us all very, very well.
1: I think one of the things for, for us is that we create a lot of content in this room, right? And, and the fact that that content could be audiobooks and has you know in the states they they just think of that you know what blew me away was the fact that you look at at uh, ads for books at PW for instance Publishers Weekly and you see it says now available in print ebook and audiobook you know that's just the way they do things that's not the way we do things in Canada so it's just it's introducing that kind of culture to to, to it I think in terms of the way we think about it. let's take that content that we have and let's let's do something with it whether we license it or whether we produce it ourselves let's get it out there as, as in that kind of format and just to to kind of pick up on that a little bit I don't want to beat a dead horn but it's been brought a couple of times is metadata is really important again to discovery right so we don't, it's in the study. I don't have the actual numbers, but we don't, in our bibliographic warehouse, which we do for the Canadian industry, we don't have many audiobooks. We know there's more audiobooks available because we can look at TPL that are available in our market where we don't have any metadata for. So are publishers putting that metadata in their feeds? Are they putting it in their related product composites? Are they pushing it out so that it can be discovered? If you're using Actra and you have a famous person reading your book, do you have that in your metadata so that they can be searched on besides just the author? Like, that whole step still needs to happen, I think, in a lot of cases. So. Right. Yeah. And another thing that you found in your uh, stuff is that it's a younger audience that's gravitating towards towards audiobooks. And and you know, actually, you're you know you're kind of reaching that market, and you're creating stories in a different kind of way in terms of with, with writers. Um, you know, are, are you finding that it's um, uh, that it's it's easier to get buzz amongst that sort of younger crowd?
3: Yeah. You the know, way you're I think. Things? we definitely see that our younger users are interested in audio. I think to your point on the, the different, some of the different ways or the new ways that I think they're consuming it, when we look at what they're creating on places like SoundCloud and YouTube to be the audio equivalent of their YouTube books, a lot of it isn't like a traditional audio book of someone just narrating and reading the book. It, it resembles more like a radio player, a radio script. So I think that's interesting as, as far as the how engaging they want it to be, and they want different voices, and they want it to be more immersive. I think to build on the comments about podcasting and and moving from free to to paid and the expectations of that sets, that's also something we're very used to at Wattpad. You know, Wattpad is... Free to consume, and yet we are transitioning a lot of our users into paid products. But I also would hope that a lot of publishers are looking at how many podcasts are successfully monetizing. Um, you know, you don't always have to charge the consumers. I know, pod or audiobooks is somewhere where people are experimenting more with subscription. But wattpad has been doing branded content for years now, and I can tell you that sometimes you know the budget that a brand has can be higher than you would ever sell enough books for. Um, it doesn't always have to be creating a commercial for the brand either a lot of brands for the exposure are happy to bring you something brought to you by and there's been some really innovative podcasts this year like Tinder did an amazing podcast that was just like sex and relationships and advice and they hired a really cool woman to do them and it wasn't about Tinder it was about Millennials dating, and it was really popular. And GE has a fantastic one about technology every week. Like I think there's ones that are really good fits, and I can imagine so many brands being really excited to sponsor fiction podcasts.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's, it's we're talking about ways in which you know audio is being used not in that traditional audiobook sense. Like I'm gonna you know be in my car, and I'm gonna listen to something. You're talking about it being used in a different kind of technological way. Um, which kind of expands that world of where how audio can be used and and Ruth, you're, I mean the read-alongs when you say that you know that thing that word lights up again. There's technology that's being used in, in that kind of way.
4: Yeah, for us the audio really started um, uh, probably almost eight or ten years ago now uh, in conjunction with our our literacy programming. Um, so you know part of literacy there's four sort of pillars: reading, speaking, writing, and listening. And we had a lot of people asking for the listening part. So we started off by making these little uh, preloaded MP3 players, which seems so old-fashioned now, but we still sell them. (laughs) Two books per preloaded thing. They're in a little box, and you can put it on the shelf. And we sell quite a lot of those to libraries and schools. And then we started doing uh, more trade or regular audio. And that's definitely been... A harder slog, not to be the negative Nelly on the panel here, but uh, (laughs) you know, bigger investment, more words, um, and we still haven't. So this for us would be like YA novels and middle reader novels. Still haven't hit the market on those yet, really well as compared to our our literacy focused ones, and the latest one being the picture books, the read-alongs, which we're definitely seeing quite a bit of success with those and, you know, smaller investment. So it's, it's a bit, for us, it's, audio has not been a, a overall success. It's been a bit mixed.
1: Is what's been really interesting for me about the, this is, is audiobooks uh, is, absolutely, is about content, for sure. It's about the story. But it's now introducing a whole other artistic element, which is the narrator into the picture and and you know coming to uh, understand what that contribution is and to, and to and to maximize that contribution has been an interesting learning curve for for me and I'm wondering about whether that's been for you and, and maybe for you too Ashley, in terms of or, or whether the writers simply read for, for themselves so yeah.
4: yeah we've done a bit of both we have uh, we have one series of nonfiction reader uh, picture books for young readers where we've had the author narrate it um, because she's a Psychiatrist, and it just seemed to sort of fit. But there's a lot of ones where we're picking narrators, and I think it's um, very important to pick the right narrator. I mean, some people are—I don't know—surprisingly boring, if even though they're <laughs> even though they're audiobook narrators, you, you listen to them and think, "Oh, I wouldn't want to listen to this for very long." So, picking the right narrator, we also think about it in kids' books in terms of whether it should be male or female. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a crucial part. Um, and then the one thing, just if I can say one other quick thing that um, that you should think about if you're thinking about going into uh, audio is is the proofing. Which we, when we look at the cost of producing the audiobook and hiring the narrator and the and getting it done, we then proof it in house. And. Uh, it takes quite a while, but what's been really interesting about it, because we're trying to do it on the same timeline as our print books, is we do sometimes find mistakes, even though the, the audiobook is created from the final manuscript or the final book, we do actually sometimes find mistakes that we're able then to fix in print as well. So that's been an interesting sort of side benefit to the, the process of creating audio.
1: And when you have a good narrator, the same thing happens. Braden actually has done that on a couple of our books that he's narrated for us, where he's pointed out mistakes and go, wow, okay. <laughs> um, and, and Ashley, how about you at, at WAPAD?
3: Yeah, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is... is it bit of a a tangent for us, but I think it's probably kind of interesting to the audience is something that's in a bit of a gray area rights-wise, but the amount of online influencers that will find Wattpad stories and read them on their YouTube channels or in other areas like that and the effect that that has on traffic to the original source is massive. Um, I don't know how familiar many of you are with Twitch. Do you know the live gaming platform. Something that was kind of unexpected for us when we launched Tap is that there's a lot of programs that will let users share their screen and video themselves and react. And it's been one of the biggest driving sources of people downloading the app of these Twitch stars that will read a Tap story while they react live on camera and it's been um, really surprising to us and while it's definitely in a gray area rights wise, the amount of traffic that it drives back to that reader and writer, everyone's been really thrilled with it so far. Yeah,
1: that's really interesting because I've seen that happen so much in the gaming world to see it happen yeah. in the audio. That's, that's <laughs> fascinating. Uh, well, I want to get to your questions and we've got like eight minutes left. So um, yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh, the narrators are the rock stars in the audiobook world so that we have customers that will only read or listen to books by a certain narrator. Yeah. So that, that's what they like the voice and they will listen to anything as long as that person's reading it. I was really surprised by that.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point, point. Mean, that's one of the things we learned early on is that the, is that the traffic at libraries, especially, is people follow that narrator. Um, when you when you think they follow the author, but which happens, but they follow the narrator. That it's, there's a trust in that voice that they're going to deliver a good story. And so, again, choosing that narrator is so, such an important thing. Other questions?
0: Hi there. Uh,
2: I was just curious if you had any insights or thoughts, uh, a little more specific to the juvenile market, and I'm thinking of more middle grade readers, um, and just thinking about. The idea that um, audiobooks reach reluctant readers, that is certainly a world where <laughs> that happens a lot, and uh, just curious of the opportunities therein.
4: So that's how we started out, was for, with our high-low series our, for reluctant readers, where we created these preloaded um, MP3 players, and, and it has been a very strong market for us, uh, not so much in bookstores, in fact, almost not at all. Primarily directly to schools and libraries, and we offer collections where you can buy the print <coughs> book, and the ebook, and the audiobook, or any sort of combination thereof. We also have curated collections on topics and stuff like that, where um, where we offer any sort of mix and match that that the teacher or the librarian wants um, for the reluctant reader. Um, and there's that listening aspect, but I think there's also uh, just for for young readers who are maybe struggling a bit. There's the, you know, it's cooler to wear a pair of headphones than it is to read a, a skinny book that's obviously written for a younger reading level. So I think there's that aspect of it for them as well.
5: I can say from the, on the retail side, um, within our within our child genre, it's one of, it's one of the most popular in terms of analytics within within our mobile applications. One of the most popular genres that are visited, not necessarily consumed. The price points tend to tend to not match, say, the duration of content, um, where the children's content will typically be shorter in nature. So, I, from a retailer again, from a retailer perspective, there I think there's absolutely an opportunity there if priced accordingly.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Are you, and Ruth are you finding that uh, you're seeing more take up on the institutional side than on the consumer side or, or what's sort of do you know what um, for is?
4: those reluctant reader ones yeah, yeah. And, and we also offer I should have said we offer it as a digital download as well it's not all on these little mp3 players um, but yeah definitely on those books we have a bigger institutional take on the um, what,
1: what's your pricing strategy I was sort of thinking about Ian's point do you, is your price lower for consumer at all or no. Yeah, that's interesting.
4: <laughs> which may be why we don't sell it to the consumer that much. Yeah, the read-alongs we, we definitely are seeing more of the overdrive public library and presumably, you know, Apple is starting up on that. So yeah. that sort of stuff goes more direct to consumers, but the, the uh, literacy stuff is more to, to schools and library uh, school libraries.
1: So it was interesting uh, the idea of the pricing strategy that might go a little bit more like the way the ebooks went that if you have sort of a higher institutional price for an audiobook versus maybe more in the kids' here I don't know and then it, and then you have a sort of a lower consumer price for an audiobook it, you might actually get a little bit of more traction I don't know
4: Yeah I I think that with the high low series that we have we just don't we don't even sell those much in, in bookstores as print books they tend to be, so we, we yep. think our market is schools, and so that's where our focus is with them.
1: Yeah, that's cool. More
2: hands? Actually, i, I actually like to say something cool. about that. Um, I, at Future Book, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there was a, a presentation from uh, Louisa Livingston from the Hachette UK Consumer Insights Group, and she was speaking about some... Um, some consumer research that they'd done on the consumption of, of, of audiobooks in, in the UK. And what uh, really struck me, uh, in her or in their observations, uh, was that they, you know, had determined that there's, sort of a, a group of, of people, um, that have already consumed audiobooks and that there was a group that they could definitely say would never consume uh, audiobooks. But there was this massive group in the middle that was uh, essentially had identified as being interested and ready to be swayed. Um, and so uh, when you come to sort of think about things about, you know, is there a market for uh, middle school readers or reluctant readers, uh, I think we can see that there are some trends that exist in the in the space already. But I, I think that we're still... Um, I mean, you know, even though you know Ian's been doing this for years and years, I still feel like we're at the foot of the mountain here and there's a great opportunity for us to explore uh, 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 sharing these stories uh, um, uh, in a whole new way. I know anecdotally from speaking with a few people uh, at the London Book Fair just last week, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> that uh, they had uh, um, confessed to sort of handing over their Audible accounts to their... Uh, to their twelve-year-old, uh, uh, to their twelve-year-olds, and letting them control uh, uh, the consumption, which I thought was really fascinating. And I can sort of speak to the experience of reading to my kids, you know, uh, every night, and also uh, um, sort of using them as guinea pigs for you know what we're doing over at uh, at Booktrack. But you know, the the first experience of actually hearing someone speaking an audiobook really blew my my eleven-year-old's mind. Uh, I think that. Uh, um, You know, they're the next readers. They're the ones that we're going to have to sort of like help compel uh, to um, um, want to consume the stories that that we have to have to share. And I think that you know, for me, that's where I see a lot of the future opportunity.
1: Yeah, and and also just in terms of technology, that's that's actually really already out there too. And and it's going to be the younger crowd that's going to embrace that technology. But I mean, we're going to see you know, as people buy their new cars, the new cars are going to come with CarPlay. It's gonna be a wired car. It's gonna be installed in there and you know, I don't know if audiobooks are recorded has you know um, but because there's Apple involved with that, and I'm sure Audible's involved with in that. But there's going to be just a way for you to get that content. And, you know, just in the same way that I remember when screens sort of got into cars, and I think video usage, I don't know what happened with video, but it must have shot up because people could watch the movies in their cars. When people could start listening to audio in their cars.
5: We, we're already embedded in uh, General Motors vehicles for the 2017 rollout. There's AT&T subscriptions with um, with Wi Fi. We have an embedded client. We have partnerships with Jaguar Lane Rover. Like the connected car outside of cars play an Android auto the, the automotive manufacturers are viewing the connected car as, as a possible commerce platform in the future they need entertainment for the vehicle uh, and so video will be a problem legally and so that they are looking at, at audio so be, you know anything from internet radio to and then audiobooks you know, it makes only makes makes the most sense
1: And what about watches?
5: So, watches is, is 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 a trend right now, which we are participating in. Um, it's it's for the active, you know, obviously for the active. So it's we, we do see some usage there. Uh, we also have uh, Apple TV. We, we've seen that it's almost as much on Apple TV as we have uh, in the watch platform, uh, only because of the content home. So the content home is becoming much more much more, uh, I guess, common as well. So. That's
1: great.
0: If you're thinking of getting what people hooked on the audiobooks, why don't you take advantage of what people have to hang around for long periods of time like you this morning with a subway delay,
3: um, whether it's mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, and you have a poster with the code saying hot new audiobook, get the first chapter for free to get them.
1: Ah, so if you didn't hear that, what she's saying is that find those places where people are going to be stuck for a bit, like a subway that's been uh, been delayed, and put your poster there that gives them a chance to listen to the the first chapter of an audiobook for free, which is a brilliant idea. All right, well, I want to thank everybody for sharing their insights into audiobooks.
0: We hope you've come away with a lot more knowledge about the state of audiobooks in Canada, as well as some inspiration and ideas about what the future might hold for audiobooks. To learn more about Tech Forum or the work we do, visit booknetcanada.ca. Thanks to David Karen, Cameron Drew, Ashley Gardner, Noah Genner, Ruth Linka, and Ian Small for this fantastic discussion. And thanks to all those who helped make Tech Forum a success, including the attendees and all the great speakers. We gratefully acknowledge the financial support of the Government of Canada through the Canada Book Fund for this project. Thanks for listening. Until next month.